You know, Pastor Kent has a, a wedding this weekend. That's where he's at. Pastor Joe is in Children's Church. So that just leaves us in here all alone this morning. Amen. Glory to God. How many brought their, their Bibles this morning? Can you hold them up? Can I see them? Or, or if you've got your Bible on your, on your telephone, you can hold your telephone up. Glory to God. Say this with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that this morning? Glory to God. This is the Word of God speaking to, to us this morning. Amen? Glory to God. This morning, the title of, of the, the sermon is going to be centered around worship. Um, last week, uh, we introduced a, a new series on, on church membership, and, and they, there are going to be four aspects or four parts to that. Fellowship, which Pastor Kent talked about last week and, and tied it into how fellowship is, is part of membership. And it was an awesome, awesome sermon. You know, one thing that really impressed me was that, that everyone's a player and every player plays every play. I think it was a young man sitting on this side over here that, that wore that T-shirt. There he is. Wave your hand. That was an awesome. You, you should have wore that T-shirt again this morning. Every player, every play. And, and that's so true when it comes to, to, to a church body. It takes everybody to, to, to win the game. Amen? You know, I can remember when, uh, when I played football, uh, we, we had a pretty good team, but we played teams that were terrible and they were okay with that. They were okay with being bad. Our coach told us this, that we were to be good sportsmen, but we were to be lousy losers. Have good sportsmanship, but be lousy losers, not be okay with losing. And as, as Christians, as the body of Christ, we have been created to be more than overcomers in this world every time, not just part of the time, but every time. And, uh, you know, that, that's kind of what I got out of fellowship. You say, well, how did you get that out of fellowship? I don't know. That's just what God was speaking in my heart. Another aspect is, is worship, which is what we're going to touch on today. Then there'll be stewardship and membership, and, and this is probably not an all-inclusive, uh, that's not everything that you could plug into membership, but these are the four, four areas that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. Membership is, is, is belonging to something. That's what the definition of membership is. It's, it's being a part of, of a like-minded community. It's part of being a body of people 
that are focused on a common goal. It's being a, a group of people that, that have singleness of vision, that has a vision set before them and, and we're all striving to reach, to reach that, that vision. Membership has benefits and it has responsibilities. Membership has benefits and it has responsibilities. In John chapter 15, verses 16 and 17, and we're just going to jump, jump right into this, this this morning. It says, you have chosen me. You have, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have appointed you, I have planted you, that you might go and bear fruit and keep on bearing, and that your fruit may be lasting, that it may remain and abide, so that, you, that whatever you ask the Father in my name as representing all that I am, he may give it to you. This is what I command you, that you love one another. You know, every one of us has been chosen by God. Glory to God. And, you know, and that's enough right there to, to get up and shout about, to worship our Father God. You know, for a long time, I didn't understand that verse of Scripture. You know, I, you know, how, could, you know how could you know, Jesus say, you know, I haven't chosen him because I have chosen him. But I think what he was saying here that I chose you before you ever was in your mother's womb. He, he chose me over, over 2,000 years ago. And, and we have to receive that choosing. It's something that we receive the fact that we have been chosen. And it says here that, that you've been chosen, but not only that, I have appointed you and I have planted you in a specific place. God has planted each and every one of us in, in a specific place. I hadn't planned on doing this, but go to Jer Jeremiah. Chapter 23. And this ties in with, with, with this John chapter 15 scripture here in the fact that we have been planted in a specific place. And, and in, in Jeremiah chapter 23, God here is, is really kind of getting on to the pastors for not doing their job. But he says, this is what I'm going to do for my body. This is what I'm going to do for my flock. He says in verse, in verse 3, it says, And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries which I have driven them, and I will bring them again to their folds and pastures, and they will be fruitful and multiply. You know, what, I, what, what is so awesome about this verse of Scripture here, that it doesn't say that, that I'm going to bring you to a fold, or a pasture, 
but I'm going to bring you to your fold and your pasture. That there is a specific place that I've called you to be. Just thought, and the way I look at that is that is, is this, that, you know, I haven't called you just to any church, but I have called you to a specific church, to a specific body. You know, I remember several years ago when Suzanne and I were, were looking for, for a different church, we went to, we went to more than one, and, and, you know, two or three of them, it just, you know, they were good churches, you know, worship God, love God, but it just didn't feel like we fit. You know, so we we went to another church and and you know it was it was good, nothing wrong with the church. They loved God, but it just didn't feel like, you know, that's where we were to to put down roots. You know, but we got to this church and it just seemed like, you know, th- this was the place where we needed to be. And the church that God has planted you in is a place where you can be fruitful and increase. Glory to God. The church where God has planted you to to be in is a place where you can be fruitful and you can multiply, you can increase. And in verse 4, it says, I will set shepherds over them to feed you. Your church should be a place where, where your shepherd can feed you. Amen. Something, every Sunday morning, every time that there's a, a meeting at church, it's a place where you can come and be fed just exactly what you need from the Word of God. That connects us. It'll be a place where they will fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. Your church should be a place where you're fruitful, where you can multiply, where that you where you are fed. It's not a place where it's not a place of fear or of turmoil. It's not a place where you're dismayed. It's not a place where where you're lacking anything, says the Lord. So that's what we're looking at becoming a part of here these next few weeks. Through fellowship, through worship, through stewardship, and through discipleship. You have been chosen. Glory to God. That's awesome. That is awesome. You know, knowing that we've been chosen by an almighty God, one that loves us more than we can imagine, is, is more than enough reason to worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Larry, you celebrated your, what, 61st wedding anniversary here just, just a couple days ago. 
Suzanne and I, so yeah, give them a hand. Amen. Glory to God. Suzanne and I celebrated our 52nd, not wedding, but uh, when our relationship began here uh, a couple Fridays ago, it would have been the Friday of, of the fair. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, uh, so Larry, Larry and I can say we have been twice chosen. Amen. Glory to God. You know, I can remember that, that Friday night at the fair, you know, walking around the west side of the square on the, on the southwest corner. And, and you know, I, I was kind of, I was by myself walking on the outside of the square and, and probably just came from the cattle barn because I'd been, show, or the tent, I'd been showing cattle and, and Suzanne and a couple of her friends was on the inside over there by the zipper, you know, and, and I was just, you know, kind of walking along, kind of looked over there and I seen them looking. So, you know, I just kind of put my head down, you know, being the shy guy that I am. And, and, and you know, I kind of looked back like that and she was still looking. So I said, self, you've been chosen. <laughs> And, and, and the rest is history. Amen. Glory to God. So, so uh, Larry and I have been uh, twice, twice chosen here. And, and probably, you know, we're, we're not the only ones. In, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse, verse 9, it says that you are God's chosen and special people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God has brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now you must tell all of these, wonder, of these wonderful things that he has done. That word worship in the Old Testament means to, to fall down, to, to pay homage to, to fall down flat and to bow yourself down. That's what worship means, to, to bow yourself down before an almighty God. In, in the New Testament, that word worship means to, to faint in adoration. It, it means to do reverence to. It means to, to kiss. That's, that's what worship does, or means. Worship, I believe, is, is an attitude of the heart, and it's backed up by action. Worship is a, <clears throat> is a product of, of unwavering love and unshakable respect, and worship only increases our love for and adoration of our Father God. Worship draws us closer into a closer fellowship with God individually. And when we worship corporately, it draws us closer as a body, as, as the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, It says this, well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. 
When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues, another will interpret what is said, but everything that is done must strengthen all of you. Let's take, let's, let's look and see what's going on here. He says, when we come together as a body, one will sing. Another will teach. One will tell of a special revelation that God has given him. One will speak in tongues and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. Now, how does that, how does that happen? How does that happen? You know, I think that that happens on the heels of worshiping and spending time with our Father God. When we come to, come to, to church as a body, One sings a song because they spent four hours before the service that morning praising and worshiping and, and thanking their God for who they were and who, who we are in Christ Jesus. Another came that had a teaching. And that teaching came from spending time with God and, and worshiping their Father God and who He is and, and, and had a revelation of what the Word of God says about a certain subject and He taught what He got in His prayer closet. You know, another one had a special revelation from, from their Father God and it came from spending time worshiping and spending time this past week in, in prayer and, and getting in the Word and studying the Word and over and over and over and over and just being in the presence of God and God spoke to their heart through an unction of the Holy Spirit and, and they, they had a revelation. Another one spent time with, with their Father God in prayer and worship and they received a tongue, and somebody else interpreted it. It was all because people spent time in the presence of God, worshiping God, and it wasn't only for their benefit. When they came together as a body, as, as a group of people, as, as members of a body, everyone benefited. Amen? That's what worship does. That's what worship is. You know, God wants us to encounter him in our worship so that we can bring it to the church and share it with others. God wants you to worship him and encounter him in your worship and bring it to church and, and, and to share it with others. And not only, you know, at church, but anywhere that you're gathered, you're gathered together. You know, this verse is a result of, of being ready to, to participate in a, in a service or a Bible study or, or, or a meeting. 
and not be just a spectator. And this is what happens when we spend time with our Father God. Everyone benefits from your time with, of worship with God. You know, I don't know about you, but, but um, you know, some of us are here this morning because of circumstances. You know, life got so hard that we just, we had to find a place to go and, and, and we wound up here this morning. But circumstances won't keep you here. Circumstances may drove you here and compelled you to be here, but circumstances won't keep you here. You need to have an encounter with, with God. You know, he doesn't want us here as, as refugees, but he wants us here as more than overcomers and conquerors. And that comes by being a worshiper, our Father God, a worshiper of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen? God doesn't want us here as refugees, but he wants us here as more than overcomers and conquerors. Amen? Glory to God. We, ought to be, we all ought to be an inspiration to each other. We all ought to be an inspiration to each other. Hallelujah. You know, I can remember, been, been a long time ago, and, and you, you've kind of heard parts of this story before, so, you know, if you say, well, I've heard that before, well, be patient with me. You know, I, I can remember, you know, be, being in the hospital here at... Uh, at Lamar and you know bad situation and and been there for a while and uh, you know I don't it was I don't know what day it was but uh, you know Suzanne was there and 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 I looked over and she she was just sitting there by the bed and I looked over and she was crying and you know if if anybody knows us you know that Suzanne is is a tough one in our in our relationship, she's the one that doesn't cry. You know, I do enough for both of us. And I said, you know, baby, what's going on? And uh, she says, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, what do you mean you don't know what to do? She says, I don't know what to do. So I said, come over here and, and sit down here beside me and, and, you know, and I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. You know, we're going to believe God. He's still the healer. It doesn't make any difference what things look like, what the doctors say. You know, it doesn't make any difference. Here's what the Word of God says. And, and we prayed and we worshiped God in our time of, of desperation. 
we worship God in our time of desperation. When we were in the wilderness, we worshiped God. You know, I can remember spending, you know, several weeks in, this, in the hospital in Springfield at, at uh, St. John, or Mercy now. And, you know, I can't tell you how many hours I spent in, in the atrium. If, I guess they've still got that atrium up there in, in Mercy Hospital. It's a kind of a circle in between the, all the rooms and the complexes and all this kind of stuff. And, and it's glassed in and they've got all kinds of, of tropical plants and stuff growing there and places you can go sit and, you know, but I can't tell you how many hours I spent sitting in, out there just getting away from everybody else, worshiping my Father God. Read, read Proverbs, you know, all 30 chapters in Proverbs almost every day. You know, spent time, you know, I, I, wore, the, I wore the words off of, of Isaiah chapter 53. I wore the words off the pages. You know, I read Psalms. You know, I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, you know, I didn't know, you know, exactly what I was doing then, but it was a form of worshiping my Father God, reminding myself of who He was in me, praising Him for, for, for my healing that He had already provided for, but had not yet manifested. But that's what worship is. Worship is, is more than, than singing a song. Although singing songs of worship is, is necessary and we should do it. But you can worship God in your prayers, in, in, your, in, your, in your time of meditation and, and worshiping and, and praising Him. But that's what worship is. In Acts chapter 4, verse 23, it says, And being let go, they went there to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they had heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord. I want you to notice that they were praising here in the midst of, of being persecuted. Lord, you, you are God. You are the one that made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers gathered together against the Lord and against the Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and you and your proposed determined to, before to be done. Now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants with all boldness that they may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal and signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, 
the place was where they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Worshiping together. You know, I read that real quick and you need to go back and read it again. You know, I don't want to run, run too long here today. But you need to go back there and read this again and know that when they were under pressure, when they were you know, being, being opposed, that they turned and they worshiped their father God. They worshiped God. And, when they, and as they worshiped together as members of one body, they ushered in the Holy Spirit, the anointing, and the boldness of God. That's what happens when we worship God together corporately as a body. We usher in the anointing, the Holy Spirit, and the boldness of God. I said this before, but I'll kind of go over it again. Worship is more than, than singing a song. It's opening up the Word of God and meditating on it over and over and over and over until it becomes a part of you by yourself and with others. It's praying and fellowshipping with God by yourself and with others. We find God in our worship of Him. If you're looking for God this morning, go worship your Father God. Spend time in prayer. In Acts chapter 18, verse 7, It says, when Paul left the synagogue, he went next door to the house of Titus Justus, a worshiper of God. Now, Paul had just left the synagogue where he had been arguing with the, with the, the priest there about the word of God and, and, and about Jesus. And, and you just have to go back and, and read it. But when he left the synagogue and went next door to the house where Titus Justus was a worshiper of God. You know, where a house, where God is worshiped in the house, it attracts people. Why else did, did Paul go there? He didn't say that he went there to get a drink of water because he had good water. You know, he didn't say that he went there for anything else other than he knew that it was a place where God was worshipped. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want Oakton to be known as the place where God is worshipped. Glory to God. How many of us here this morning are known as worshipers of God? When they think about when they think about Pastor Larry, they know that he is a worshiper of God. When they think about Mac Forrester or Gary Dumb or Brent Bartlett or Jordan Garrett, did they say that guy or that gal is is a worshiper of God? <clears throat> 
I want my house to be known as a house of worship. Not only this house, but a 309 Truman, you know, Lamar, Missouri. I want, I want people to, that are driving down Truman and on Third Street Terrace there to know that that's a place where God is worshiped. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, when, when I'm going through a wilderness or I'm at a tough spot, I know that I can stop at, at Gary Dumb's house because he's a worshiper of God. You know, I want them to know that, that if, if, if I'm going or somebody's going through a tough place, that they can stop at Jim and Suzanne's because I know that they're a worshiper of God. And what happens when, when people know that you're a worshiper of God? What, what's present? The anointing's present. The Holy Spirit is there. The revelation that, and that, that that person may need is in that house. Not because of the building, but because, of, because we have been a worshiper of God. You know, I believe that Paul went to Titus's house you know, because he knew that there would be a word of encouragement there because Titus was known as a worshiper. He knew that, that if God had a word for him, that it would be there because Titus was a worshiper. You know, sometimes we need, we need people in our lives that, that we trust. And Pastor Kent talked about this last week. We need to have people in our lives that we can trust that, that will speak in words of encouragement, words of truth into our lives rather than the words that sometimes we want to hear. You know, and that's what worship does. It it brings us together as as a body of believers, to where we can we can support each other, we can be a part of each other, not so that that I can get all the scuttle on Mac over here. What's going on in his life? You know, I don't need to know that. I've got enough of my own problems. I don't need you know, Mac's problems. But if Mac comes to me and says, hey, you know, here's what's going on, you know, Mac, I've got a word from God for you today because here's, here's what I got this morning in my prayer time. You know, and I didn't know exactly who it was for, but now I do. You know, God says he's more than enough in any situation that you're faced with this morning. You know, if it's a health problem, my God sent his word and he healed your body. He's more than enough. Amen? He's more than enough in any situation that, that you face. Praise team.
In John chapter 9, verse, verse 31. It says this, we know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. You know, when we worship God, we're saying worship in worship, God is more than enough in any situation that I'm facing today. We worship God in the wilderness as well in the victory. Amen. You know, when the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt, the whole nation had the opportunity they go to the promised land, but only two of them did. Joshua and Caleb. Because they kept the praise and the worship of God in their mouth from the time that they left Egypt till they arrived in the promised land. The rest of them got the gripe and belly aching in, in the desert, in the wilderness, and didn't make it. I want to be more than an overcomer. And I know you do too. But it comes on the heels of praising and worshiping an almighty God. You know, worship in the wilderness says this is not the way I'm ending. When you're worshiping in the wilderness, in your wilderness, whatever it is, whether it's financial, whether it's a health issue, whether it's a family issue, worshiping God in the midst of, of the wilderness says this, that this is not the way I'm going to end. Joshua and Caleb didn't, you know, their lives didn't end in the wilderness, but in the promised land. You know, my life didn't end in Mercy Hospital in, in Springfield because I worshiped my Father God out of that. That's not where I was, my life was going to end. And God's not a respecter of persons. If He'll do it for me, He will certainly do it for you. He'll certainly do it for you. You know, God, worshiping God gives him an opportunity to, to speak to you, to minister to you. It opens the door up for the presence of God in your life. You know, and the worship of God individually and as a body brings unity it brings boldness. It brings healing. 
and it brings the signs and the wonders that this world is so desperately seeking for and seeking after and has to have. Amen. Glory to God. We have an awesome God. An awesome God. And we have been chosen. We have been chosen. Amen. If there's anyone here this morning that that doesn't know the God that I know as their Lord and Savior, I'm telling you what, today is your day. Don't go another day without Him. Hallelujah. I would invite everyone to these altars this morning.